We're going to be in Luke chapter 7 this morning. If you have your Bibles, Luke chapter 7. Thankful for the Lord. Thankful that we've got His Word. Uh, I say it many times. You may grow tired of it, but I'll tell you what. The Bible we have in our hands, it is special. I'm telling you, uh, there is nothing like this book. Uh, that's why I, I, I tell you what, I just can't stay away from it. And I'm glad we can get into it one more time this morning. Uh, look at something that Jesus did uh, uh, many years ago. And let's uh, see if we can learn some spiritual truth from it today. Uh, I tell you, I, this is one of the miracles of Jesus. And uh, I never grow tired of looking what, at what Jesus did. You know, we, uh, we see him touching in so many areas. But Luke 7, we're going to start in verse 11. In the passage, just a short passage in Luke, Luke 7, 11, And it came to pass the day after that he went into a city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him and much people. Now when he had come nigh unto the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and much people of the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said unto her, Weep not. And he came and touched the bier, and they that bare him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say unto thee, Arise. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak, and he delivered him to his mother. And there came a fear on all, and they glorified God, saying, That a great prophet is risen up among us, and that God hath visited his people. And this rumor of him went forth throughout all Judea and throughout all the region round about. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this time to come uh, and to open up your word. Lord, I pray that you'd just uh, touch me and allow me to preach the message you've laid on my heart, Lord, that you'd fill me with the unction of the Holy Spirit, but not me only, Lord. I pray that you touch each and every ear and heart uh, that's listening, and Lord, I pray that uh, we would be able to understand your word, but Lord, also touch us. Uh, Lord, uh, if there's any lost, I pray that they'd come to know you. Uh, Lord, if there's any confused, that they would find the truth uh, in Jesus Christ today, and Lord, I pray that all of us would learn and grow closer to you, and in Jesus' name we pray. And amen. amen. So the beginning of Luke chapter 7 uh, is one of my other favorite miracles. Uh, uh, and this is where Jesus healed the centurion's sick servant. And if you know that story, I'll say real quick. Uh, uh, basically, Jesus had gotten word that there's this centurion, this military leader who had a sick servant. And he was requesting healing. Uh, and so Jesus was going to head to his house. And on the way there, when he heard it, uh, he kind of sent more messengers to Jesus and basically said, Hey, I'm not worthy for you to come into my house, Jesus, uh, but all you have to do is just say the word. And he gave an illustration. He said, basically, I'm a military leader. I tell my men to go do something and they do it. And when Jesus heard that, it's the Bible says that, that he marveled at his faith and he healed that sick man from afar. And uh, so we're starting to really see the power of Jesus. This is early in his earthly ministry, uh, but one of the th details that we get uh, is that he was in Capernaum. So that's where he was uh, in that story from uh, uh, verse 1 to verse 10 in chapter 7, uh, but I want us to look at verse 11, the beginning of the passage we looked at. 
Uh, and this story is only in the book of Luke, and it's pretty short, but there's a whole lot of details here. Look at verse 11. It says, and it came to pass the day after. Do you see that? So that is telling us that there's one day between uh, Jesus healing the sick servant and this story right here. Now, this is important, and, and I'll tell you something right now. Uh, I, don't, I don't know about how you tell stories. But have you ever heard someone tell a story and they give a whole lot of details and a lot of the details aren't even important? You know, they just start talking about all kinds of things. And sometimes when I hear a person like that, I start to get lost. I don't know about you. Like, what are you talking about? Can we get to the point here? Like, you've talked about all kinds of things. Well, let me tell you something. The Bible's not like that. The Bible doesn't give a whole bunch of meandering details and doesn't go off on these what we would call rabbit trails or anything like that. What the Bible, every single detail in the Bible is important. And now this is the thing. So if we're reading a short story, you can read it really quickly. In a minute or two, you can read all the verses and you're done. But I'm telling you, it is packed with little details that are in there. If you look at it too fast, you'll miss it. And just like I said, that verse 11 says, this came to pass the day after. And you're thinking, well, Mike, why is, what does that mean? Well, here's the thing. Capernaum and Nain are 25 miles apart. They didn't jump in a car and drive from one place to the other. They walked. So if they're going 25 miles, they're walking. It's going to be about a two-day journey. And also, Capernaum is at the Sea of Galilee. It's 600 feet below sea level, and they're going to Nain, that's 700 feet above sea level. If you're having trouble with the math, that's 1,100 feet up. So not only is it 25 miles, but it's 25 miles uphill, a two-day journey. And you're thinking, well, Mike, I mean, they journeyed all the time. What, what do you mean by this? Well, look at the rest of the verse. And many of his disciples went with him and much people. And I was thinking, now, wait a second. This is a long journey. It's an uphill journey. And yet there's a crowd of people, not just his followers, not just his disciples, uh, more, definitely more than the 12, but a whole bunch of people that follow Jesus. But also there's a crowd. There's just a large crowd here, just people that wanted to be around him and wanted to hear from him and everything else. And I thought for that crowd, they got to hear Jesus speak. They got to uh, maybe even ask him questions and things like that. See, we don't, the other thing about the Bible is we don't have everything that Jesus ever said or did. We just have just important uh, uh, chunks of it, but they would have gotten to hear Jesus teach for hours. Because you know, as he's walking, he's teaching. That's the way Jesus was. And I thought about that. Even in this, just this first verse, I thought about our lives today and was thinking, uh, are, are we so busy? I know this is a different time frame and everything else, but if we were there or if we had an opportunity to walk with Jesus, would we be so busy that we wouldn't have even taken the trip? I, I started to ask that and wondered if he's doing that. Uh, you know, how much time today, Jesus isn't on this earth physically anymore, but how much time do we spiritually have to spend with Jesus? And you may be thinking, well, man, not a whole lot. And, and before you start looking at me and thinking I don't struggle with that, uh, I'll, I'll tell you, as I, usually as I'm studying for sermons, I'm writing things in a notebook and then I... I, I type things out and pretty it up and change it around. But as I wrote that in the notebook, I had to stop and put the pen down. I said, you know what? Lord, I have to confess. Especially lately, there's been a lot of times. I haven't made so, uh, as much time for you spiritually as I needed to. You've taken walks with others and I haven't joined. 
Amen? Because I was thinking that. I was thinking, now wait a second. Uh, uh, how, how could we be so busy sometimes for him? But then imagine this. How much did that crowd learn in that two-day journey yeah. from Jesus? Just two days of spending hours with it. How much did they learn from Jesus? How much would you learn from Jesus if you would take some more time out for him? What are we missing out on? What are we missing out on? And what are we replacing it with? You know what a lot of times it is? I'll tell you right now. It's this thing right here. What are we learning from this? Nothing. Nothing. Anyway, that's verse 11. Verse 12, we'll keep going before I lose everybody. Uh, now when he came nigh into the city, uh, gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and much people of the city was with her. Nain, uh, so the, the, city's, the name of the city means beauty, loveliness, pleasantness, but that's not what was going on that day. Amen? There, as Jesus and his large crowd is coming towards the city, uh, I don't know if they could hear it first or see it first. Uh, there was that funeral procession coming out, and they would have been walking on foot as well. There would have been usually people playing instruments of somber music. There would have been people mourning. There would have been a crier, kind of an official mourner, crying out, uh, uh, saying different things. Uh, so this would have been the scene coming. You've got two different groups kind of coming at each other. And remember what I said, every detail is important. What's it say in verse 12? Uh, it gives us two details that are very important. He was the dead man, was the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. Yeah. Those two details are very important. Because in that day, they didn't have Social Security. They didn't have Medicare. They didn't have the things that we have today. Uh, uh, when you were older, the parents that were older depended on their kids to take care of them. And especially if her, she, she lost her husband, so she would have really uh, have relied on this son to take care of her. And now he's gone and she has no husband, no children. She's in trouble. So not only is she battling the grief of losing her child, but she would have no financial support after that. She would have had to basically either turn into a beggar or hope that one of her neighbors would take her in or something like that. And you're thinking, Mike, is that really true? Well, the book of Ruth, we know it. Yeah. Remember Naomi? Yeah. I mean, if, if Boaz wouldn't have helped Ruth and Naomi, they'd have been in trouble. Amen? That's the same scenario. She was at her lowest point. She's got no hope. And none of this is any fault of her own, by the way. Right? It's just what happened. And so she's hit rock bottom. But I'll tell you what, a lot of people in our society today hit rock bottom, don't they? But what do they turn to? They turn to drugs, alcohol. A lot of times they end their own life thinking that'll take care of things. That's what we're seeing today. Uh, a lot of this. Uh, but really for this widow, she didn't have a lot of time to think about it. Because the Jews in that day, when you died, they would have prepared the body and buried you a lot of times the same day. So this, whatever happened to him, probably an accident or something or maybe an illness. He died that day and now they're carrying him out of the city to bury him. So she's at her lowest point and try to imagine being this widow following the, uh, the beer or basically the open casket, basically what it would be today. And she's uh, uh, they're slowly walking out of the city, trying to put one foot in front of the other, knowing the problems that are going on, how is she going to survive and everything else, because the crowd of mourners eventually will go home. Right. 
They'll go home. They'll go about their lives. Uh, she's probably too old to have children. Uh, so really, if nobody comes to her aid, uh, uh, you know, there's no, nothing good in her future. And you know, if the story ended right there, it'd be heartbreaking, wouldn't it? No hope, nothing. But aren't you glad the story doesn't end there? Verse 13, and when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said unto her, weep not. See, the crowd with Jesus coming onto the scene, they didn't know. They could have basically saw what was going on and put two and two together. See, she would have had her upper garment rent uh, in mourning. Uh, they would have seen that. You probably could have seen the procession and figured out that it was her that had lost a loved one. That wouldn't have been too hard to do. And in fact, you could probably put things together and say this is a mother and a son, uh, a mother that's lost her son. So you could have done that just by seeing and listening to what was going on. But aren't you glad we're not just talking about uh, what the eyes and can see and what the ears can hear? I'm glad that the Luke does. You know what Luke doesn't call him Jesus right here in verse 13? He said, and the Lord saw her, right? He saw right through. Yes, he saw what men could see, but he could see all the way through. And Jesus knew uh, before they even got there. I believe he was taking this trip just for her. Amen. I think he's taking that whole journey because the next place he does, he goes is not along the way. In fact, this is about as far south as he goes in his ministry. But he sees, he knows what's going on in her life and left before uh, he died, by the way, because it was all in one day. So there's Jesus heading out a day ahead of time before she knew him and he saw her and he saw she was a widow saw she had lost her only son and there he is to bring compassion aren't you glad that's how Jesus works aren't you glad he has the solution before we knew we even needed it amen before I even realized I was a sinner he already died on the cross for my sins amen before I even realized I needed him and so many times in my life haven't you been in a trial? You've been just like the disciples there on the stormy sea, toiling and rowing uh, uh, in the midst of a storm. And Jesus is already walking on the water to save them before they even knew he was there. He's already got the solution. Amen. He's done that so many times in my life. He's already got things in motion to take care of us. But aren't you glad Jesus didn't just see her and do like we sometimes do? Say, well, that's a shame. That's a sad situation. Yeah, it's going to be hard for her and just keep on walking. No, he had compassion on her, didn't he? But then the strangest thing happens. Jesus goes up to this widow that's just lost her son and says, weep not. Right? Weep not. Don't cry. And you think if that be anybody other than God, that'd be insulting. And in fact, before they even knew what was going to happen next, it would have been insulting. Don't cry. Why are you crying? Don't, don't cry anymore about it. And then it gets better. Verse 14. And he came and touched the bier, and they that bear him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say unto thee, arise. So again, you've got, imagine this, you've got Jesus and his crowd of people are heading into the city, towards the city, and then you've got the funeral procession coming out of the city, and there's only one road at that time, so they're going to they're gonna collide with each other, right? And what happens today in a funeral procession? Well, people are, they're losing this, but really what you're supposed to do is pull over, Amen. You pull over out of respect, you let them go by, and then you go about their business. Well, in that day... 
what you would have done is you're, you would have kind of stepped aside and the, the procession would go by. You would have joined them and followed them to the cemetery. That's be how you show them respect in that day. You would have followed them and say, you know what? I don't know these people, but you know what? I'm going to show my respect. I'm going to go with them and pray for them and things like that. But instead, Jesus doesn't do that. He tells the mother to weep not, and then he goes to the front, and he stops everything. Now, this would have been incredibly infuriating. Amen? He's stopping everything. Can you imagine today? Imagine you see that hearse coming in the line of cars, and instead of uh, uh, stopping traffic for them, you stop them and say, now, wait a second. Right? You'd probably get some angry people coming out of the cars, wouldn't you? But before they could say anything... Before they could really react, Jesus says, Young man, I say unto thee, arise. You realize Jesus is speaking to this dead man as if he's not dead. Why? Because do you realize he can speak the dead and back to life again? He's just saying, young man, I say unto thee, arise. And that man couldn't have uh, risen up on his own power. But because the Lord was there, there, that was enough right there for him to come back to life. And it says, verse 15, And he that was dead sat up and began to speak. And he, uh, Jesus delivered him to his mother. And there came a fear on all. And they glorified God, saying that a great prophet has risen up among us, and that God God hath visited his people. That crowd for a second was probably angry and confused, but now they're shocked. Yeah. Now they're afraid. Now they don't understand what's going on. What in the world has happened? And then just imagine watching Jesus lead this young man to his mother and restore her. Remember just a minute or two before he told her to weep not, and now she knows why. Yeah. He's alive again. Remember all those problems she would have had. Now her son could continue to take care of her. And they're starting to glorify God. And they're saying that a great prophet's risen up among. They thought he was Elijah or something like that. Risen back from the dead. But no, it's the Lord. And the rumor of him went throughout all Judea and throughout all the region round about. And you think about what a wonderful story. But here's the problem. We look at stories like this and because of the difference in culture, because of a lot of the differences and Jesus not being here, you could read this and say, well, I believe that he's God. I believe that he can raise the dead. Well, I guess that's it, right? You could read it and say, well, that's all. I guess that's all I'm getting out of it. You know what sometimes I think we need to do is dig deeper yeah. and say, God, how can I apply this to my life today? No, I'm not a widow that just lost a son that that's, uh, doesn't have anything to fall back on. Because again, we have different things today. But what do we have? We've got spiritually, I noticed a couple things that I think we can apply today. Remember, we got this great crowd following Jesus coming into Nain. We've got the procession coming out of Nain and they run into each other. And you think about what's going on here. Spiritually, what do you have? You've got the giver and the creator of life. His procession's coming this way and you've got death coming out. And when death hits life, what happened? Life didn't step aside and let death go by. No, the Lord raised him from the dead and that's what happens every time you have a collision between Jesus and someone that's dead is he brings back to life spiritually does isn't, he, isn't that what he did for you amen uh, we were thinking about when we got saved so long ago and that's what he did he brought us to life spiritually that's what happened you know what else 
Jesus touched that coffin. He touched it. In the Old Testament law, Numbers 19.11 says, He that toucheth the dead body of any man shall be unclean seven days. And you're thinking about that. Anyone that would have touched and, and would have dealt with that and got him ready and carried it and everything, they would have all been unclean. But aren't you glad? You read not only this story and others of Jesus' ministry. Jesus was not afraid to touch the leper. He was not afraid to touch those possessed. He was not afraid to stop the funeral and touch the dead body. Why? Because when Jesus touched something unclean, it didn't make him unclean. He made the unclean thing clean again. And that's the same thing he'll do for you. Uh, you can come to him filthy and dirty. That's how he wants you. You know, you can't clean up yourself you can't help yourself you can't fix yourself why don't you just admit what the bible says that you're a sinner and just come to jesus and let him that paid for your sin touch your dead heart and your unclean life and he'll clean you up forgive you of your sins and give you a new life today amen that's what he'll do every time he wasn't afraid and you're thinking man I wish he could touch me, but I'll tell you what, I, you could say, man, I wish he was here to touch me, you know, because I know different times where he touched, but you know what I love when it comes to raising the dead, Jesus never touched. The touch wasn't what raised him from the dead. You know what raised him from the dead? He said it, yeah. right? Yeah. Rise. Yeah. What about the daughter, Jairus' daughter? Same thing. What about Lazarus? Same thing. Arise. Get up. Lazarus, come forth. He spoke it. Guess what? He can do the same thing. He doesn't have to be walking physically in this uh, church. We can pray to him and he can touch you uh, without even touching you. He can just say the words and you'll be. It reminds me of the story we just heard. Amen. So here's the thing. You may be not walking in a funeral procession today, but I'll tell you what, spiritually. Romans 3.23 says, for the wages of sin, actually that might be Romans 6, for the wages of sin is death. Uh, if you've not followed, uh, uh, if you've not believed on Jesus' death and resurrection, if you've not uh, repented of your sins, if you've not confessed them to Jesus Christ, prayed to him for forgiveness, I'm here to tell you, you are like that funeral. You are slowly marching, not to the earthly grave, you're slowly marching to hell. Yeah. Right? It may look like everything's okay in your life. It may look like uh, you may see worldly success and everything else. But I'll tell you one thing. You are not going to live a life against God and live a life against the Bible. And, and, and God never, you never stand before him in judgment. I'll tell you that. You will stand before him. Yes, amen. And the key is this. What have you done with Jesus Christ? Right. What have you done with the cross? And what he did for, he paid the penalty for sin. But I'll tell you what, you reject it, and you'll die in your sins, and you'll open your eyes in hell. But aren't you glad you can call on Jesus? He can touch your dead heart. He can uh, wash you clean by his blood. He can forgive you of your sins, give you eternal life. And I'm thinking, my goodness, uh, we, we get different gifts for our mothers that are alive. We try to find things. Some wait till the last minute. Some put a little more effort into it. Uh, sometimes the gifts are good. Sometimes they're so-so. But I'll tell you what, the best gift you could ever give is if you're lost today and your mother's been praying for you and desiring you to come to Jesus Christ, today would be the day. Amen. Amen. 
glad. And here's the thing. We got a lot of mothers that have wayward children. Amen. A lot of them there. There's the pain and the grief there of watching that child they raised in the Lord wander away back into this world. The grief there questioning. You realize what happens? Maybe you're one of them. Maybe somebody listening later or watching this later. Maybe you're one of them. You were grazed by a Christian mother in a godly home. She brought you to church and everything else. And now that you've wandered away, you've chosen different things. I don't think you realize the grief and pain you are causing your mother. She's agonizing over you. In these evening services, you know what happens a lot of times? Your name is brought up over and over again. Pray for this one. Pray for that one. You know what's a blessing? Is that we've seen a lot of them come home, but not all of them have. But it's hard. And to those mothers, I can't tell you to weep not. Because that'd be wrong. And I don't know the pain. And I don't know everything that goes into it. But Jesus does. Amen. Jesus knows what you're going through. And guess what? Jesus can stop that procession. Amen. Jesus can recall those. The the Holy Spirit can recall those things to your mind. And I'm here to tell you. the, the, The devil is trying to convince you that maybe there's things you could have done differently. Maybe there's a. Uh, maybe you weren't the greatest mother. I'm here to tell you, don't you listen to that devil. Every one of us has to make our own choices in life. Every one of us has to choose uh, what we're going to do with Jesus Christ. But I'm telling you what, I'm glad that it's not over yet. I'm glad as long as there's still a breath left, as long as the church is still here. I'm glad that we're still praying for those wayward ones. And who knows uh, whether what day they may come back to the Lord. I'll tell you what, we'll all celebrate together because we've been praying for them together. And I'm here to tell you, I'm glad we serve a God that can restore. We have seen people wander away for so long, have come back to the Lord. And I say, praise God for that. I'm ready to see it again, aren't you? Amen. Holy Spirit still touching hearts today with the gospel. I'm here to tell you, it doesn't make things easy some days. But who knows? Who knows if Jesus is right around the bend? Amen. Who knows if he's walking up the hillside. And just one word from him changed everything that day. Amen. What could he do for us today? He can do anything. I'll tell you the number one thing he wants to do. He wants to save your soul if you're lost. You need to come to Jesus today. You know what the second thing he wants to do? If you've wandered away, he wants you back. He wants to forgive you. But you know where, you know where he takes you back at? Brother Jimmy Thompson said it so, said it best. I love it. Just so simple. He said, wherever you laid your cross down at, you need to go back to that point and pick it back up and start following Jesus again. And he'll take you back. If you're that mother that's struggling, don't you quit. You've got such an important job. Like this sister said, you know, I know that it gets rough sometimes. They get a little crazy sometimes. But I'll tell you what, they're listening, they're learning, they're watching. Amen? And who knows what God can do with them. But I'm going to ask everyone to stand.